0: Hi, I'm Curtis Hill, and you are listening to The Extra Point. Thank you for downloading this episode. I am recording it the week of December 15th, 2019. We are leading up to Christmas and you can feel the excitement. You can also feel the busyness. There are so many different things going on and it's hard to figure out exactly where you need to be at what particular time. True confession, I haven't quite finished my shopping yet for Christmas, which is fairly pathetic, meaning I have only to shop for my wife, Shauna she takes care of everybody else and still I'm not done but that is beside the point the extra point is a place where I can share a little more of what's on my mind especially related to the Sunday morning message at Ogletown Baptist Church and this past Sunday we continued on in our series what we need now i preached from isaiah 7 we've been going through isaiah the first part of this book and just to recap this past Sunday we looked at the prophecy in isaiah 7:14 which says therefore The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive, will have a son, and you will name him Emmanuel. This verse in Isaiah is picked up in Matthew 1, and it is applied to Jesus. So we looked at both Isaiah and Matthew this past Sunday. We dug into the background of Isaiah 7 to see how this particular prophecy applied to a king named Ahaz, And the backstory of Ahaz is he is facing much pressure in leading the nation. He's the king of Judah, and he needed a rescue. He was feeling political and military pressure, and God offers him a rescue. And we saw on Sunday that he didn't take it. He opted for his own plan rather than relying on the Lord. And because of that, and we're condensing a lot in these few moments, but because of that, God says, I'll give you a sign virgin will conceive and have a son you'll name him Emmanuel a sign in some ways to me it's like a scoreboard and scoreboards show winners and losers and there is immediate judgment because of this sign the nation that the area of Judah pretty soon will be swept away in God's judgment but there is a long-term hope as well and we talked about that long-term hope being the fulfillment of this prophecy in Jesus Christ I did get a few questions this week and I look forward to digging into them. I'm going to spend most of my time on, on one particular question. But before I get to this, uh, that, that question, I'd like to answer this one. The question is this, is the Lord against military alliances or strategic decisions? If he's not, what was so bad about the scenario that was prophesied against in Isaiah seven is the Lord against military alliances, especially for the nation of Israel. Of course, we're reading back into the history of Israel. I don't think God is against these alliances or strategic decisions. I don't think he's against them categorically. I don't think we can say that from scripture. However, I also want to say that making these military alliances with nations that did not honor God, this seems to be one of the stubborn sins of Israel. God says many times, don't do it. Don't count on their help. Don't put your trust in them. And this seems like kings again and again were tempted to do this. It's one of those stubborn sins like idolatry, pulling in the, na- the nation's gods and making them Israel's gods. These kings were tempted. I, I wonder if it's because Judah, Israel, they-, they weren't big enough to dominate all of Palestine and they needed some help. They're at a crossroads where they would feel all sorts of military pressure. And so they are always looking who can help us. And yet so many times God speaks so directly. If you read the prophets, you- God speaks so directly. And when he does, to not do what he says becomes a sin to the one who knows to do right and doesn't do it, to to that person, it's sin. This is sin, not just of ignorance, it's a sin of rebellion. And that's the way it's presented most of the time. So I I can imagine there are scenarios where an alliance would not be ruled out of bounds, but so many times God says, don't, and that's exactly what the king does. So here's the question, and I got it in a couple different forms. So I wanted to follow up with, here's another question. The setting of Isaiah seven seemed clear once you explained it. And it was helpful in understanding the familiar verse of Isaiah seven fourteen, But how can I learn, to understand on my own, in my own study, in my own reading, and in my own time? So there's a, another question that's similar. And so I'll just read that as well. What are some general tips and guidelines for interpreting Old Testament prophecy, especially that which has multiple fulfillments? And how do we read parts of the Old Testament that are usually pretty hard to understand in light of the New Testament? And in light of Jesus. So I think I'm going to put those questions together. Let let me just acknowledge Isaiah 7 has some difficult elements. If we approach the Bible as if it's always easy to understand, we're going to be disappointed when we get into some of these places. Isaiah 7, there's part of this where you have to have some historical background. So you're going, you're going to have to go to Kings and Chronicles for some of Isaiah to make sense. You're going to have to understand the bigger historical picture. Once you do, it, a lot of things fall in place. But if you, if you don't pay attention to that, you're going to be confused. And Isaiah 7 is not just history, but it's also prophecy. And prophecy is notoriously difficult to interpret and understand. It's not always immediately clear who and when and how the prophecy is going to be fulfilled. So who, which person, which people. So there's names and places of a particular time, but who... Who is this prophecy really aimed at? And when is it going to be fulfilled? Is it now, is it later, is it a long time away? How is it going to be fulfilled? There's poetic language, there's symbolic language in prophecy, or are we supposed to take it all literally, even when there's like mythical creatures described with horns and, and those kinds of things and wings. The other difficult part of prophecies like Isaiah seven is, is there's some gaps where we don't have all the information So we're trying to fill it in and piece it together. We have all that God wanted us to have. So I just want to acknowledge, and I want to make sure we understand that not all the Bible is going to be easy to understand. I'm not saying it's impossible. It just isn't easy. So there are places like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You read the context of Philippians 4, and lots of things make sense there. John 3.16, God loved the world in this way. He sent his only begotten son You read the context, and lots of things make sense there, even Revelation 21, 22. But part of the Bible, you're just going to have to work. And isn't that all of life that there are some things that you're just going to have to work hard to understand, hard to process? So let me just give a few words of encouragement, maybe a few things that would help. One is I would highly recommend that you pick up a study Bible if you don't have one, a study Bible with notes that will give you some information, some background, maybe maps and even cross-references. So I'm guessing if you picked up a study Bible and you opened it to Isaiah seven, it's going to give you some notes of explanation. It's going to give you maybe some cross-references back into second Kings. A study Bible can be fallible. There's none that are perfect. I love the ESV study Bible. I love the NIV Zondervan study Bible. I think both are extremely helpful, but I would just recommend if you're gonna be serious about your Bible study, picking up a study Bible will be very helpful. Then also picking up, sometimes commentaries are helpful. There's sometimes one volume commentaries that are extremely helpful. I'm glad to recommend one of those in the show notes. Sometimes people who have been studying along with the messages I'm preaching have asked for particular book commentaries. So like, is there a commentary on Isaiah? Or if I preach through another book of the Bible, like Philippians, is there a particular commentary on that? That may be a good way to build up your library. Uh, you don't have to even get these thick commentaries, but you can get uh, 150 page commentary, 200 page commentary, which will walk along and answer lots of questions. So I want to wholeheartedly endorse you and endorse for you to read the Bible for yourself. Look at it for yourself. But there is something about adding other voices of wisdom into your Bible reading and digesting and learning and owning this material for yourself. I think so many times the prepackaged Bible studies in our culture push for immediate application. And Isaiah, you're going to have to work hard for application. You're going to have to understand historical settings. And it may not just be like surface level application. You may have to go a little bit deeper. So I just want to encourage you, maybe study Bible, a few commentaries. And one more thing I might recommend is after you get the study Bible, maybe after you get a couple commentaries, I would encourage you to figure out ways, if, if you have a hunger for this, to improve your skills at reading Bible prophecy, uh, biblical prophecy, especially you've got to understand how Old Testament prophecy works. So much of the Bible is Old Testament prophecy. Like Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah, those are long books, not to mention the minor prophets. You've got to know how these books work. So again, I can make a couple of recommendations. I'll put those in the show notes. I just read a book by a professor at Southern Seminary on how to deal with some of these major prophets and and even minor prophets, how to understand what they, what they're doing, how they're writing. I think it's also important to see where particular old Testament prophecies lead. So when you have a prophecy like Isaiah seven, which clearly says it is filled to the full, it is fulfilled in Matthew one. When Jesus comes, that's going to teach you a little bit about how to read that one in Isaiah seven. You're going to, look and see, maybe there's some smaller fulfillments, but the ultimate fulfillment is going to be in Jesus. How do we know that? Because that's what Matthew says. So we look to connect those dots. Again, I'm happy to recommend some resources, especially of how to read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament. But if you're going to grow, you're going to have to invest some time. And with all the resources today, there's no reason why we can't do that. So hopefully that answers a couple of questions. As always, if you'd like to get in touch and ask a question for a future podcast, make a comment, just shoot me an email at chill at ogletown.org. I wanted to give you a recommendation before I'm done. And that is, we've got the new year coming. We're just a few days away. What will you do for Bible reading, Bible intake? What will you do for praying in the new year? Why don't you use the next two weeks of this year to get you a head start? What will be different for next year if this year your Bible reading and prayer was a dud? What will be different? How can you make plans for that to be different? What can be reinforced if this year was a good year for you? What can be reinforced so that you keep taking in the Bible regularly, hopefully daily, and that your prayer life grows and becomes very meaningful to you? So I I just want to encourage you, use the end of this year to think about that. Also, we're trying to make the extra point as visible and as accessible as possible. So thank you for your patience as we promote it. If you have suggestions and input, I'd love to hear those from you. I recommended several songs last week, and there are some songs related to Emmanuel God with Us that are just too good not to share. I'll link to those in the show notes. And I'm sure there's much more we could talk about, but I hope what we have talked about has served you well. Bye for now, and I want to thank you for listening this week to The Extra Point.